If everyone could please settle down, NR92's The Feed is about to start. Good afternoon, I'm Veld, and this is our first episode of The Feed this semester. Today, we'll look ahead to reading break, but first, February is Black History Month, and Nate is celebrating in a big way. NR92's Shadow Vanderswag talks more about the importance of this of this month and some activities available at Nate. We're halfway through February and halfway through the events held at Nate in celebration of Black History Month. I spoke with Natasha and Alicia from the Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion Office on campus. They have set up several events around Nate in celebration and awareness of Black History Month. Equity, Diversity, Inclusion Specialist Natasha Pinterix handles everything from policy development and curriculum to campus inclusion. The office relatively new at Nate. We are just sort of reaching a capacity when we can start to really do some more justice to these important these important events. Every Black History Month event is listed on ookslife.ca. This Monday, Anthony McLean speaks about the intersection of anti-racism and mental health. Administrative Assistant Alicia Shaw works hard to get the word out any way she can. And it's going to be a really profound presentation to staff and students. I think just at the cusp, it's really important that we start to have those conversations. And so it's going to be able to draw on a lot of participation and create some meaningful spaces for engagement. Natasha and the office fight hard for inclusion and truth in the media all year long. Because of what gets clicks and and likes and uh, makes news, there's a very single-sided depiction of who particular communities of people are. So Indigenous folks and Black folks, and we, we get this really singular story, and it's so incomplete. With the help of the student body and artist Madeline LeBlanc, a single canvas painting will be created this Wednesday in the South Lobby. I believe it's really beautiful when we can start to create those conversations that are so impactful and that we see those signs that there's still those racial inequities that happen globally. Um, But when we can add some of that awareness and bring conversation together, it creates that pathway uh, forward to the future. Um, The federal government, we recently learned that our, I recently learned that their theme this year is ours to tell. And ours to tell is really listening to those those stories, what those past journeys are from Black people and celebrating an allyship and creating amplification. So if we can create that at Nate and expand that beyond our walls and our community, we're one step closer to um, better collaborative paths forward. The Office of Equity, Diversity, Inclusion is looking to make changes to the Nate campus in an impactful and permanent way. The roadmap is to really build up the equity, diversity, and inclusion spaces on our campus. So this work is very much priority. And so there's more focus, there's resources, there's specialization towards it. Um, So it's going to be kind of, you're going to see more permanent fixations of this work to continue. And I think if there's one thing that we would really want people to take away from Black History Month is that Black History Month is Canadian history, right? Um, It's not just something for Black people. Of course it is for Black people, but it is all of our history. Although not all events for Black History Month require registration ahead of time, most do. So visit ookslife.ca for a complete list of Nate celebrations. Shadow Vanderswag, NR92 News. This week saw the Mobile HPV Vaccine Clinic arrive on Nate's campus. The clinics are part of the project by nonprofit organization 19 to 0 and Alberta Health Services. Duncan Kilburn found out why these clinics can be an important resource for students. Human papillomavirus 
more commonly known as HPV, is the most common sexually transmitted infection. The infection can cause warts on various parts of the body and increase the risk for multiple types of cancer. I sat down with Nates' student hub coordinator, Alessandra Medeiros, on why this resource is being brought to campus. The benefit of having the HPV vaccine clinic here on campus is that it is very convenient for students. So they don't have to go anywhere else. They don't need to go to a doctor's office or to a pharmacy to get this vaccine. The process of getting the pop-up clinics to campus was surprisingly easy. So it actually happened that um, 19 to 0 NHS uh, looked for us and they were doing, uh, they had this plan, this project to bring the HPV uh, vaccination bus to all post-secondaries in Alberta. So they came to Nate, they approached Nate and Nate uh, spoke also with us, the student association, to make sure that we would uh, support this initiative. Not only is it convenient, but also free. You just had to bring your Alberta health care card. Anyone who is 26 years old or younger, they can get it right here on campus for free. Uh, absolutely no charge. It is estimated that 70% of sexually active Canadians will transmit the virus in their lifetime. And most of the people who are infected don't know. Which it is, is why? recommended for any person. Okay. So there is no uh, necessary target. The clinic is next heading to Bow Valley College. This has been Duncan Kilburn with NR92 News. With Nate recently holding a showcase for all its campus clubs, NR92's Joshua James took a look at the mental and social benefits of joining a club on campus. College can be a challenging time for a lot of people. It's important to remember to make time for yourself and your mental health. I'm Joshua James for NR92, and I'm here to explore how joining a club at Nate or attending a Nate's event can help you do just that. I spoke with Michelle Charest. Ms. Charest has a degree in social work and addictions counseling, and offered insights into the value of picking up a new hobby or joining a club while in college. I think joining a club or a social group when you're in college can help you find like-minded people. Um, and it's a time in your life where you're pretty maybe feeling a lot of worries and anxieties about being in a new place and also maybe it's uh, a new city too plus the stress of just being a student that you know joining a club or a different type of activity is a space for you to get out of your head and and to find those like-minded people to something else to look forward to in the week other than going to school. Nate offers many clubs and social events. Many of these events are athletic or involve physical activity. Ms. Charest drew from her college experiences to highlight the value of physical exercise in social settings like this. Having a hobby like hula hooping helped me both in my college experience and when I moved to Edmonton because I knew where to find my tribe. Um, it helped me with my mental health when I was in college because, like I said, um, I was spending a lot of time in my room, I was procrastinating on a lot of things, but this was the one thing I could convince myself to do once a week, and so, you know, it helped me um, get out of my own head and into my body, which is what I needed at the time, because, you know, any mental illness, anxiety, depression, you're in your head a lot, and sometimes that space can be really negative when you're suffering. Ms. Charest admits she struggled with depression while attending college, but the hobby she began with a new group helped with more than just exercise. 
at that time it was beneficial for me socially to get back out there. I already knew, you know, found my flow with hula hooping, but I needed to find my my group again, my tribe again. And so the benefit the second time was more about um, finding like-minded people that I had something to connect with on, um, and, and that was the biggest benefit to me. There are many Nate student clubs for a variety of hobbies and skills. A full list of Nate student clubs is available on natesa.ca. I'm Joshua James for NR92, reminding you it's okay to take a break and have some fun. The Student Association at Nate hosts a lot of activities to bring together Nate's student body. I took a look at some students' favorites and Nate's hope for the future. Nate's Student Association, otherwise known as Nate'sa, has done a lot to build a community at Nate through hosting different activities for students. With the start of a new semester, I talked to some students about their favorite NAITSA-hosted activities over the past semester. I went to the Dirty Bingo Night. That was really fun. Uh, splash and Bash and Nest Best, for sure. Uh, those are probably my favorite. There's a lot of the semester yet to go, and that means a lot of new activities that NAITSA or other parts of Nate could be hosting. When asked about potential activities that they would be interested in attending, Jesse and Michaela had some widespread ideas for potential events. Trivia nights. I want more trivia nights. I think, like, team trivia would be really fun. Like, arrange a thing at the nest where you um, get tables together, like a bunch of buddies, and you have a whole bunch of different trivia. The whole shebang. I love the how to make food options as well. How to make sushi. I would love to see as many more of those as they can have. The how-to ones, like how to make fun food items. Writing on cakes, maybe. You know, how to decorate a proper wedding cake or something like that. That'd be pretty cool. Or any sort of pastry making. Though certain activities may be a hit for Nitsa, there are a lot of different activities that the Student Association hosts because they do their best to make sure to cater to everyone at Nate. Events going on at NATSA are always listed at ookslife.ca. With Reading Week just around the corner, students aren't the only ones eager for a break. Davis Herman reports. Reading Week is almost here, the time when students get to put down their books and put up their feet. From February 20th to the 26th, students will get to focus on things outside of school. We typically get an entire week off every winter semester, starting with Family Day. However, Patrick Galenza, radio and television chairman, says that that wasn't always the case. We used to get Holiday Monday, which is Family Day, but we used to get the Thursday and Friday before that so it would make a long weekend. So it's only been about four years, I think, since we've had an entire week where Family Day starts at and it goes right through, you know, for an entire double weekend set. Though most of us are relieved when reading week comes around, some of us would rather not have it at all, believing that it interrupts the semester and takes away valuable class time. Patrick says that that isn't Nate's intention. So the way that Nate used to do reading week is that it did take up part of the 15-week semester, right? You would lose the Thursday, Friday, and the Monday, and that would be some of the courses. The way that Reading Week is set up now is that there's no educational uh, hours missed. As students, it can be easy to fall into a routine. However, Reading Week allows us to try new things and gain new experiences. 
Some of us go into it not knowing what we want to do over the break, while others already have a game plan. Patrick says that he's got plans himself. I'm going to Vegas. This is the first time that I'm leaving, going anywhere, actually. It was always a, a, an opportunity to do nothing, but uh, I'm trying to catch up with everybody else that takes it as an opportunity to get out of town. Whether you're planning to go abroad, see the folks at home, or just stay inside and watch movies, it'll be an excuse to focus less on school and more on yourself. Davis Herman, NR92 News. February brings Valentine's Day, a little bit more sunshine, and some fun events around the city. Caitlin Pavishnik has the inside scoop on an event you can look forward to this month. Edmonton's longest-running winter festival returns February 10th at Horlack Park. The Silver Skate Festival not only brings opportunities for good community interactions, but Aaron DeLoretto, executive producer of the Silver Skate Festival, says it also brings activities, entertainment, and good food. We are a blend of arts, culture, recreation, sport, and culinary. And we want to showcase and celebrate everything that's incredible about our winter season so we got a variety of different programming for all of Edmonton and beyond to enjoy. Good food is just the tip of the iceberg for their culinary section of the festival. On the second weekend of the festival we also have our spirits on ice. We've got 14 vendors in, food vendors, distilleries, uh, Mad Brad which is kind of exciting and uh, that they can have tasting tickets, our little homage uh, to a taste of Edmonton, but we do winter in a tent. If food isn't your fancy, the festival speaks true to its name and has plenty of skating events to get you moving. So we've got race registrations for our skate races. We've got a one hour race, one kilometer race, five kilometer race. We have the Edmonton Winter Triathlon and the Ice Duathlon, and that's a single person or a team challenge. And uh, we encourage anyone of ability or skill to come out and just, you know, challenge themselves or try something new or cheer them on, but just to get excited. If you're worried about parking, they have that covered as well. There's a free shuttle service. ETS has a free shuttle service down to the park on weekends of the festival, and that information is available on our website. The festival runs until February 20th. This has been Caitlin Poversnick with NR92 News. The Juno nominations have finally dropped. NR92's Nick Atkison reports. So the Juno Award nominations were announced at the end of January with some predictable picks and some unexpected and controversial decisions. The weekend has grabbed six nominations, most notably for Artist of the Year, Single of the Year, and Album of the Year. Nominations for Artist of the Year see The Weeknd facing off against Lauren Spencer-Smith of American Idol fame, Michael Buble, Shawn Mendes, and Avril Lavigne. Album of the Year nominees include The Weeknd for his critically acclaimed Dawn FM against mellow R&B album Who Hurt You by Ali Gady and the popular album Demons Protected by Angels by Toronto-based rapper Nav. Nate, television student and host of the show Touch of Country, Tristan Mottershead reacts to the Academy's picks. I think that The Weeknd, Michael Buble, honestly the entire lineup there are full of pretty cool artists and I think a lot of them have a lot of talent and some pretty good albums and songs that have came out. Um, so none of them are a bad pick, but I'm not sure who's going to win. 
The Country Album of the Year nomination saw the Academy pulling names from across Alberta, including the album Way Back from Bloomnord-based band High Valley, and the second studio album Masquerades from Breakout Grand Prairie country star Tennille Towns. They will be facing off against rural Ontario acts The Reclaws and Jade Eagleson. I found that with High Valley, a lot of their albums that have been coming out lately haven't been haven't been as big of hits as their previous albums have. Uh, with Tyndall Towns, however, um, I find that all of her music that she's been releasing lately, she's been really making a name in the country world, and I feel like she's got a really good shot at actually making it and winning. In 2019, the Junos got a TV audience of 270,000 then fizzled in ratings during the Scaled Back 2021 show getting 217,000 after the 2020 hiatus. Tristan lets us know what his Juno plans are this year. Well, after hearing that it was going to be in Edmonton this year, I, I typically catch up with the Junos after they happen. I never watch them live, but I think this year I'm gonna have to watch them live. Arcade Fire received a controversial nomination for Group of the Year after frontman Wynn Butler was recently accused of sexual misconduct by multiple people. The Canadian Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences defended its decision to nominate the group. This was Nick Adkisson with The Feed. With COVID nearly a thing of the past and people looking to establish new connections or rekindle ones of old, the Trimuni Cornhole League looks to sate the appetite for sport, socializing, and community. Matthew Graham of NR92 reports. Barbecue goers and fans of the classic backyard game Cornhole are in for a treat with the newly established Tri-Muni Cornhole League. With COVID-19 restrictions lifting and the winter months setting in, the league was created as a way to bring people together, which started on January 15th. I spoke with Joshua James, who shared his thoughts on the sport and the league. That's very exciting. I don't know that I myself would be interested in it, but I know a lot of people who would be. It's one of those games though that you always play when you go like camping or to those events. And it makes me wonder how well I would do at it sober. Excitement grew as more and more people signed up to play in the league, hoping it would reach the same level of popularity as the American Cornhole League, which boasts over 100,000 registered players and payouts of up to $500,000. Oh yeah. I would definitely be interested in playing for money, but I also feel like there's so many people who are so great at that game that by the time I got to the level where I had a chance, it would take me, like I would have to really focus my life on becoming a professional cornhole player. For now, the Tri-Muni League is just a social league with around 40 of players of all skill levels, but with the hope of growing demand, they plan to add a competitive league for more ambitious players in the future. The players are all having a blast playing with new friends and can't wait to see where the sport will expand to. And don't worry, if Cornell is too weird of a name for you, Beanbag Toss will suffice. I think it could be a bad thing. I think the name Cornhole might uh, make people not take it seriously when, they, when the people are trying to take it as a serious sport. I'm Matthew Graham for NR92 News. We... Here in Edmonton, we have the honor of hosting one of the biggest men's qualifiers events. Presley Cuthbertson has all the inside information on this event. (laughs) 
The Avenir Curling Club, Nate's curling team's home club here in Edmonton, has the pleasure of hosting this year's Boston Pizza Cup. This is the men's provincial qualifier where teams compete for the chance to play at the Briar. I sat down with Sarah Brown, manager of the Avenir Curling Club, as she explains how this whole process works. So this is the first year um, that the Alberta Curling Series is actually running the two provincials, and Tim's Ice Manufacturing is in charge of the curling uh, the uh, series. So we're a Tim's Ice Club um, because Tim's Ice runs the club. It was thrown to us first. With that being said, having the Avenir Curling Club host this event is a huge opportunity to have their name out there. Volunteers from the club are excited to be a part of something like this and help out any way they can, even telling their friends about it. Brown hopes that this event will help bring attention to the sport and the club. I've been telling a lot of the newer curlers about it. Hopefully some of the newer ones get out there. Hopefully they take friends. That's, I think, part of the idea is to try to build up some attraction. Putting on an event like this takes a lot of help and space. The River Cree Resort and Casino have given up their hockey rinks so that many people can come down and enjoy the games. When it's all said and done, Brown goes on to say that although it was a lot of work to put it on, the Avenir Curling Club is excited and will be happy to host again. Competing this weekend is Kevin Cooey, Brendan Botcher, and Karsten Sturme, just to name a few. To catch games live, head down to the River Cree Resort and Casino or go to the Curling Alberta YouTube page. Games go till February 12th and the last draw is 3 p.m. This has been Presley Cuthbertson with NR92. The Super Bowl as an event has transcended sports. From the halftime show to the food spreads at parties to the commercials, it's not just for fans of the sport. But at its root, it's a football game. It just happens to be one with a league championship on the line. NR92's Brandon Douglas has more. Super Bowl 57 between the Kansas City Chiefs and Philadelphia Eagles has plenty of intrigue. Storylines aren't hard to find. Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey and Eagles center Jason Kelsey will become the first brothers to play each other in a Super Bowl. KC bench boss Andy Reid is going against a Philadelphia franchise that he coached to a Super Bowl appearance in 2005. But Bonfire Sports Talk's Omran Wahidi thinks that with February being Black History Month, there's one more storyline everyone should have their eyes on. This is the first time that two uh, black quarterbacks are facing off against each other. That alone is incentive to come watch. Those two quarterbacks are Philly's Jalen Hurts and KC's Patrick Mahomes. Both are favorites for the NFL's regular season MVP award. Hurts is relatively new to the scene, only in his third season. But Mahomes, already playing in his third Super Bowl, is a different animal altogether. Regarded as one of the best QBs in football, Wahidi says that it's a combination of attributes that makes Mahomes special. The ability that he has to pass, the arm that he has, he could throw the ball so darn far. In conjunction with his ability to move around in the pocket and scramble, I mean, he's one of the very few quarterbacks who could actually make a play happen just on a dime. Like even if there's nothing there, he can make it into a he could turn the play into a touchdown and that's a very special ability that not many players have. A full NFL season has plenty of ups and downs. Both teams finished with an identical 14-3 record, but got there in different ways. The Eagles started the year by rattling off eight straight wins. The Chiefs, however, come into Sunday winners of seven in a row. Wahidi, who watches hundreds of football games over the course of the season, 
thinks that while the game will be close, experience will win the day. I think it's going to be Patty Mahomes and the Chiefs. I love the Eagles. I think they're good, but I just this is their first year of really being a team that that has some expectations on them. And going into the Super Bowl, there's a lot of pressure. I think Patrick Mahomes is, and the Chiefs are going to uh, come out on top. Vegas bookmakers have the Eagles favored by one and a half points going into Sunday. If the Chiefs can upset the NFL's number one team from the regular season, it will be their second Super Bowl win in four years. The Eagles are getting their first crack at football's ultimate prize since 2018. Kickoff on Sunday goes at 4.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. The NHL d trade deadline is fast approaching and Edmontonians are beginning to hype themselves up for another push towards the playoffs. Colton Hobby on NR92 reports. March 3rd is the NHL trade deadline, and Oilers fans near and far are beginning to wonder what Ken Holland has up his sleeve in the coming weeks as the team is taking their annual stride post-All-Star break. Dan Gallant of Oilers Nation provided some insight into what to expect in the coming weeks with what the Oilers need to address to solidify another deep playoff run. This team still needs some defensive help. Uh, needs somebody on the defense to just kind of come in and slot into wherever they're going to slot into into the depth chart, which then will allow everybody else to slot down um, and help, I think, just take some of those minutes off of the team and not necessarily need this team to go to the 11-7 configurement there as much as they've had to. The trade deadline does allow fans to fantasize about the perfect piece to add to their team, but money is always a factor in this. Gallant put his opinion on whom he'd welcome to the Oilers in a heartbeat. For me, it would be Matthias Ekholm. The money there is, you know, you have to be a capologist on top of a capologist to be able to figure out the dollars in there. With the Oilers being tight to the cap, however, a massive splash isn't expected to be made. We will be going and looking at a guy like that, a, a Bugstad, a Nicholas Bugstad of the world's, um, you know, the, the depth pickups, the Derek Broussard kind of... Uh, player transactions that we will see quite a bit of. Building a team to be battle-tested by the grind, which is the Stanley Cup playoffs, doesn't come without sacrifices, and one of those might pertain to a fan favorite, Hans Gallant. I think it may be the end for Jesse Pugliarvi in Edmonton, um, you know, and, and I think for this player, uh, that player specifically, I think it couldn't come at a better time uh, for him. It's it's really a necessary move and, and unfortunate because I am a big fan of his. And uh, yeah, I think that there is a lot of people in this uh, in this fan base that are big Yesa Pugliarvi fans. Playoff seeding isn't guaranteed just yet for the Oilers, but with how they have gelled together to not be the pushovers of old, reliable goaltending is back in the conversation, and Connor McDavid proving he is the best in hockey by a landslide, this is going to be a wild ride to the end. Colton Hoppy, NR92 News. Thanks for listening to The Feed. Listen to us again on Sunday night at 7.30. We're working on new stories for our next show on March 3rd. I'm Veld for NR92. On oh, court! Yeah. On court! Go. On court! This is so good! Bring it back out! Thank you, thank you for listening to this edition of The Feed. Hear it again on NR92 Sunday night at 7.30 or find it on NR92 SoundCloud.